Now, this evening, uh, Brother uh, uh, Pastor John asked me uh, to kind of talk to you a little bit about missions and what's going on, and uh, we're going to try something a little bit different this evening. Uh, when I was a missionary, we used to have the old slide projectors, and uh, uh, we missionaries would talk our way through that. Usually, the churches would give us about six minutes uh, to tell about 25 years of ministry. And, uh, uh, but uh, uh, Sherry and I have worked on something today that I think will be of interest. I think you will see uh, some of uh, Brother Talbert and Shirley in this, uh, in this presentation tonight. So you'll be watching, you'll be seeing some film, and the Lord willing, uh, I'll be able to uh, go over some things. But it was, it's in, it was in a little dusty town. There are thousands of these dusty towns uh, in uh, uh, the country of Zambia and throughout Africa. And uh, uh, that little town, of course, is right beside the Zambezi River. Zambezi River, one of the major uh, uh, rivers in Africa. And uh, uh, that river, though, is filled with, uh, uh, with hippos, and with crocodiles. It's a very, very danger, uh, dangerous place. And uh, 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 the, it's the only source of water uh, for a lot of these villages. The people, hundreds of years, have gone and they have, uh, uh, early in the morning, they've dipped the water out, they use it for bathing, and they use it uh, for uh, uh, cooking and uh, even uh, irrigating their little uh, garden plots. And, uh, but it's, it's a very dangerous place because there's always those hippos and there's always those uh, uh, crocodiles in that. Now, uh, the little children, they're taught at an early age that they're not to get out there and, of course, they can't swim in that water because of the danger of the crocodiles. But uh, uh, they like to, to tempt or tantalize uh, the, the crocodiles. And so they get uh, uh, out there and you can see a bunch of them as they're jumping up, on down, uh, up and down on this old tree that has fallen down. And uh, there the water is down below. And of course there, there are adults there. And uh, uh, from that village they had never received the gospel of Christ. There was a young man that one day as he walked around, he talked about life, he thought about what life was like, uh, why is he here, uh, uh, wh what is the purpose of life, where will he be going when this life is over? Because everybody knows, every person in this world knows that they are a sinner, every person in this world knows that they have to give an account for sin, and every person in this world knows that they're going to die. And so as he walked around, he, he pondered life, uh, he said, uh, uh, I've got to go and I've got to find uh, somebody that can explain to me. And so he came over to Livingston where Brother Mario uh, is the missionary. Mario's been there over 20 years, uh, faithfully serving the Lord and has just done an outstanding uh, job. That young man searched him out and Brother Mario took time, took him all the way back to creation and all the way then forward to Calvary and showed him how that Jesus Christ had died for his sins 
and that he could be reconciled to God through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so the young man received Christ as his Savior. Then he said, I'd like to be trained. And so Mario has a school, has a uh, nice college, and uh, he, so the young man enrolled in college. And after he finished, he went back to his country town. And uh, in that country town, his grandfather was the chief. He's the same age of, uh, as I am. And uh, his grandfather uh, listened to the gospel from his grandson, and he received Christ as his Savior. And so then uh, the grandfather, uh, the, the uh, grandson explained how that we serve the Lord. It's through the church. The Lord Jesus Christ said upon this rock, I will build my church. And uh, the purpose of that is for God's people to have a place to worship and to praise the Lord and to grow. Uh, in the Lord. And so the old man said, well, I'll just give you some land. And, uh, uh, and so uh, I think I skipped over one of the slides. Uh, at the college, they don't have tuition, uh, uh, but they grow their own garden. Uh, and uh, it's a tremendous thing. They uh, have little patches that they have to irrigate and they even have some fruit trees and what have you, and, and uh, that's how that the students eat. And of course, I'll tell you this now and tell you later. Their diet consists of cornmeal mush, some vegetables, and sometimes they uh, might be able to have a little bit of meat. But uh, uh, the, uh, the kids actually uh, grow their own food. Well, uh, back to grandfather and the uh, village, uh, the village chief, and uh, so he gave the land, they built a church, and uh, so when I saw that, well, the kids all come around, you know, they, uh, they look at us foreigners, and uh, as, as tall as I am, they think I'm a giant, and, and uh, the little kids come around, so we went in the church, and I began to tell them some stories from the Word of God, and uh, I would sometimes, uh, I would tell the story a little bit off from the biblical account. And those kids had been well trained by their pastor. And they would say, no, that's not the way it is. And I would test them like that to see if they were really learning the Word of God. And uh, so these little kids uh, would uh, uh, listen very closely. And then they would sing songs of praise. A village that had been a place of spiritism. Every rock has a spirit. Every tree has a spirit. The ancestors, when they die, their spirits circulate around, and uh, uh, they bring curses upon people. And this is kind of a universal, uh, uh, universal religion. But uh, the uh, 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 the uh, 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 they, they, they've been set free, and now the songs of the Lord are ringing out uh, in that community. And uh, um, now some of the churches in Zambia, uh, Sherry and I have uh, 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 visited them, they don't have uh, church buildings, but they still believe that they need to serve, uh, to serve the Lord and worship the Lord. And their ceiling is the sky, or 
it can be under a big tree. And that's where that they worship the Lord. And uh, I think you'll see uh, there uh, those people uh, sitting and uh, uh, actually the women sit with their legs just sticking straight out. Uh, I don't know how in the world they can be comfortable like that, but they, that's how they sit. And the men sit on little poles, and that's their pews. So many times uh, in America, you know, uh, uh, we uh, feel like everything has to be just right if we're going to enjoy uh, serving the Lord. But uh, I remember so well uh, at one of the schools where we were preaching hundreds and hundreds of kids meeting under a big tree. And uh, uh, those kids uh, responded to the gospel invitation and uh, we were able to give them Gideon Bibles. And I remember so well, this one little boy came along with all of the others, but uh, he really stood out. He bowed very gently, and then he received uh, the Bible uh, with both hands. And uh, then he went over and he sat down, and he began to read the Bible. And his little friend said to him, said, uh, come on, let's go play. He said, no. This is the Word of God. I want to read the Word of God. I'm talking about missions. I'm talking about what it's really like out on the missions of the field. There are literally thousands of towns throughout the continent of Africa, thousands of towns uh, that uh, uh, do not have uh, a gospel witness. The spirit healers are there. Uh, they wear fetishes. They have tribal markings, and these, of course, you've often wondered about the big earlobes, the big lips. These are to distort the person's uh, face so that the spirits will be afraid of them and won't, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, they, they won't bother them. This is Africa, and you've seen it, of course, on television and so forth. This is why, this is why your own Cherry, the lady that you ministered to, when she lost her life mate, you did one of the greatest jobs that I've ever seen in helping a widow. And God brought us together right here in this church. Now, she tells the story a little bit different than I do. And uh, I hope that the sound man right now won't let her touch any of the controls, okay? But it was right over there. She walked up to me, and uh, I was talking to somebody, and she stood there and waited, and then I turned around and saw her, and she said, will you marry me? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't believe you've got a picture up there for that. But uh, no, your own Cherry and I, we travel, we preach missions conferences. She teaches the ladies. And we preach missions conferences uh, in uh, uh, churches, and we urge them to give. Uh, when uh, Cherry and I began to get serious about life together, uh, I told her, Cherry, I, as a missionary, walk by faith. I think about John Barnes back there. When he started out, he got a $1,000 a month. 
that was his income to rent a house, to buy things with. I don't know how much you all had, Paul, and uh, uh, I'm missing one. But uh, we missionaries, and uh, my wife and I, my late wife and I, we determined that we would walk by faith. And when time came for Social Security, we went off of all salary, and then whatever God uh, provided for us, that's what we would do. I felt like a hypocrite teaching people in foreign fields about how to sacrifice, how to give, uh, and me uh, having a, uh, a good salary. And so we, uh, we chose that life, and I continued when I met Sherry. Uh, and uh, she, said, uh, she said, that's fine with me. My Lord has not failed me. And she, God used you all to minister to her um, uh, and continue to minister to her, and I, and I appreciate it so much. But we ask churches to help. Now, I want to say this uh, now and say it again. Uh, this summer, we will be uh, helping three or four different, or maybe uh, five or six colleges either restart or uh, help supply their libraries and things like that. And uh, uh, this uh, last uh, week or so, we were over in Ohio, and I had told the people how that reading materials out there in Africa are so scarce. And uh, the ordinary concordance that we can buy here for about $10 costs $80 in, uh, in Africa. And so there's no way. There's no way that they can buy anything like that. And... Uh, they asked for Bibles and things like this. After the service, a man walked up, and a businessman, and he said, I can't go, but I'll give $3,000 to help supply books for those libraries and those colleges. And that's what Sherry and I do uh, as we go. We preach conferences and, and uh, so forth. And uh, so uh, uh, last August, uh, uh, pastor Talbert uh, was with us, and uh, we challenged the pastors of the churches, a hundred pastors, we challenged the pastors of the churches at that time uh, to make a commitment, not just pastor one church, but to, uh, to actually each year start another church. So the pastors agreed, 80 pastors agreed, they would take care of their church on Sunday morning, and then they would walk to the next village uh, three hours uh, away. They would walk, and they would start a Bible study in view of uh, founding a church in that, in that village. And so, uh, so 80 pastors made that commitment, and we came back to the States, and we were with Brother Carr out in Rio Rancho, uh, uh, Albuquerque, and uh, Brother Carr gave us money for 25 bicycles. Now, instead of walking the three hours, those men of God will be able to go on. And this year, we're going to ask them to start uh, another church that'll give them three, and uh, uh, because we need labor so badly. Uh, I don't understand why that more Americans 
don't hear the call of God, listen to the cry of the world and say, here am I, Lord, send me. And uh, these, uh, uh, these pastors are willing to follow through. Then, of course, we talk to them about developing a foreign mission program. It, it's always amusing to me. Where, whatever country I go to, I tell them they have a responsibility to do foreign missions as well as home missions. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, I, I used to, in the Philippines, uh, I, I used to tell them that I'd learned a song from American preachers. And that song was this. Well, our church is too small to support foreign missions. That's the first stanza. I don't have the, uh, the music to it, but that's the words. First stanza. Our church is too small to support missions. And then the second stanza is, we need our own building. Tell the Africans that, that meet out in the open or under the trees. And uh, uh, then the third stanza uh, of the song is, we need more churches here. And, uh, and then the fourth stanza that everybody sings the loudest on and enjoys the most, that old song, I Shall Not Be Moved. <laughs> so I run that thing through every, every time. And I remember so well when we, when we launched. Now, Lloyd Baker had the vision, but he didn't have anybody to help to motivate the pastors and uh, so they went for five years and couldn't get anything moving. And uh, uh, so uh, we, uh, I finally said, well, let's talk to the nationals. And uh, so uh, one of the, uh, a good man, a, a fine man, one of the good men said to me, he said, well, now, Brother Jack, he said, you've got to understand that these Filipinos make commitments and don't keep them. And I said, well, which one of you Americans taught them that? <laughs> I said, you should never teach them a national that they can make a commitment and not keep it. They learned everything they know from you all. And of course, that didn't really cement our friendship. But, uh, uh, but the whole thing is this. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, the, the congregation was 11. Uh, there was 12, but one of them was the devil. And naturally, he would oppose missions. And, uh, uh, and as far as money, uh, Peter expressed it. Silver and gold have I none. And uh, so I got to checking, going back to Africa, got to checking on the average salary of the people of Zambia. You know what it is per month? $77. Check it out uh, on your computer. $77 a month. And yet, those people, those people uh, started giving. So I got an I got a, uh, 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 email from Mario. I wondered, will they keep their commitment? I got an email, and he sent me a picture uh, of, uh, that's the bicycles, and uh, we move on to that next one. He, he sent me a picture of uh, a new church and uh, uh, and they're starting that new church and he said brother Jack our people are bringing their money now if they don't have money they may give vegetables they may give an animal and uh, they sell it 
and that goes to their faith promise. And uh, that's the way. Now, this is it. Now, look at over on the right there at that. That's the beginning of a handmade church. So just pole by pole, they cut out of the jungle. Uh, brother, we need you in Africa, you know? <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, um, these, uh, I, I remember so well, a couple of three years ago, uh, we had a tremendous meeting. And uh, I was sitting there waiting for it to close. And suddenly, three pastor's wives came walking in. They had a, some kind of a cooking utensil about that big. And uh, they brought it, and they knelt down right before me. And uh, I noticed that it had African money in it. And uh, so I said, what is this? And they said, uh, Pastor, uh, this is a love offering. We've gathered it up for you. We appreciate you coming and challenging us. And uh, so I said, there's no way that I can take anything like that. Absolutely, I wouldn't even consider it. My wife was sitting there. I guess it must have been two years ago because we'd just been married two and a half years. But uh, um, uh, those women looked up at me, begging, begging me to take an offering. I remembered the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. They gave beyond their power, and they begged. They begged me to receive an offering. I'd never had that happen in all of my ministry at that time, 63 years now, 65 years in the ministry. But I'd never had people beg me to receive an offering. And I just broke down and wept. They said, you must take it. This is our love offering. I took it. It was 123, equivalent to $123. And uh, uh, that was uh, a month and a half, almost two months' salary uh, for those people of Africa. And yet, Pastor Talbert, when I first got acquainted with him and came here, uh, it was evident that this church loved missions and missionaries around the wall all the pictures, the hallways, are pictures of our heroes, our missionaries uh, that are uh, carrying the gospel. The sun never sets on the ministry of Hillside uh, Baptist Church. And uh, so, but I think of all these dusty towns and uh, uh, the, uh, uh, those especially beside that Zambezi River, no wells, they didn't even believe that there could be water under the dirt. They didn't believe that. And uh, I remember a story that they told us last year. Uh, Brother Talbert may have told you this story. There was an old grandmother all of her life from childhood. She'd gone morning by morning, and she uh, had carried that jug and got the water and taken it back home all of her life. Now, many, many years had passed. And so Grandma, this day, she said, I want something more than just the cornmeal mush and the vegetables. I want something more. I want a fish. So she got her little pole, rigged it up, 
she went out there to the riverside, sat down comfortably right there by the water, and as she sat there by the water, she threw that line out, waited for it to grow taunt and begin to tremble, and I don't know if she couldn't hear, I don't know if she couldn't see very well, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, up out of that murky water, a huge crocodile came up out of that water and with one bite with those vice grip jaws, it locked around Grandma and immediately drug her into the water as that pitiful cry was drowned out and they never found any trace of Grandma. And you know, my friends, that's an awful picture. That's a picture of Africa, the false religions, the false gods. That's an awful picture. But there's another picture that God gives us, and that's in uh, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11 and 12. The Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11 and 12, it says, if thou, make that personal, would you? If thou forbear, if you drag your feet, if you say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to either go, I'm going to help those who are willing to go. If thou forbear, if you don't obey, if thou forbear uh, to deliver them that are drawn unto that. False cults, religions, so-called Christian cults, and what have you, pagan religions. It's like they've got a vice grip on the populations of the world, and they're dragging them step by step down that slippery slope to an awful eternity in the burning hell. You see, there's no escape. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There is none other name given among men whereby you must be saved than the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it goes on, it says in verse 12, if thou sayest, that's to verbalize it. If you say, I can't give to missions, I can't afford to, if thou sayest, uh, behold, we knew it not. We knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? Yes, that day of accounting is coming. Don't tell our African people that live Families live on $77 a month. Don't tell them that you can't afford to give. Oh, when we see, when we see. And here's what God also said in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. He said, So thou, son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from uh, for me 
when I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his uh, wicked way. That man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Folks, service to God, obedience to God, is not something that we can casually push aside. It's not something that we can take lightly. This is a command from God. Worldwide missions and every child of God that has been purchased by the supreme price, the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said it like this, though he was rich yet for you, he became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. Everybody needs to be involved. And then here's what God says. Say unto them in verse 11, As I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. The eternal God, Jesus, was God in the flesh. He looked over the multitudes and he wept. He looked over the lame, the crippled, and he was moved with compassion. And he said, as he saw the multitude in Matthew chapter 9, he was moved with compassion. And he said, oh, pray. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he'll thrust forth laborers. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he'll thrust forth laborers. You see, by the way, Mario's friend drilled a well in that dusty town. And when the nice, cool stream of water came gushing out of that pump, another grandma, I don't know if she's saved or not, but another grandma began to shout praises. She said, all my life, I've gone to the crocodile-infested river in danger to get water. But now, now, they told us there's water for satisfaction. They told us there's water. We didn't believe it. But it's real. It's real. My friends, Jesus is the water of life. Starving multitudes throughout the continent of Africa waiting for us to take them the living the living word of God. It's our choice. It's your choice. It's our choice. It's your choice. Either the screams of those whose who Satan has blinded and, and, and he's dragging them down to the awful pit, the screams of the dying, or the shouts of praise of satisfaction through the salvation that God is willing to bring. And here's my question tonight. In June, Sherry and I will be going again. We'll go to Mexico. They've heard what God is doing in Africa. And the pastor said, we want you to come. And I was figuring out today how many times they've got me scheduled to speak in one week, 17 times. 
to talk to them about missions. We'll go on in July to Haiti, a poverty-ridden country, to Haiti. They want to know about their responsibility to the Great Commission. In July also, three different places in Africa, three different places. My friends, you can understand why Sherry and I almost beg you to pray, beg you to pray. When a congregation comes together, we should be holding up the man of God like Aaron and her because he's under constant satanic attack. We should be constantly holding him up in prayer. And for those that are willing to go and represent us in the various countries of the world, you see, you and I have been given a job. We can't do it. We cannot do it without you. But you can't do it without us. You can't fulfill the Great Commission unless some are willing to go. So the choice tonight, are we going to be satisfied to say let them scream in agony for all eternity? Are we going to let them, are we going to have them singing praises around the throne? Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Tonight, it's a good time for us to just find our way to the altar and say, oh God, show me, show me what you want out of my life.